Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Home and home. Let's have an in-show interview with Ben Kirchival, CBS Sports XFL reporter. Uh, ben, good to have you on the show. You were at a game and presumably you watched a game as well. What was the at-game experience like for you? Most of us, are, are, of course, watched it from the couch. Yeah, I was at uh, Dallas and St. Louis, or um, so it was going to be here in Arlington, and um, you know it was good. They uh, they have it at Globe Life Park, which is the uh, old Rangers ballpark, and so it's a it's a little it's a little bit of a funky setup. Um, but fans turned out. They said about seventeen thousand. I always think that's a little bit of an overestimate. But uh, lower bowl filled in pretty nicely. Uh, people had uh, faces painted. Uh, kind of dressed up a little bit. I mean, that's to me, that's a little bit easy to do when it's week one and, and hope springs eternal and everyone's really excited about it. We'll see kind of how long that can continue to go on. Uh, wasn't a lot of offense in that game last night. Renegade lost. I was talking to someone on the Renegade staff, and he's like, you know, when Landry Jones is, is able to come back healthy and if they have a co- quarterback competition with him and Philip Nelson, hopefully that – opens up the offense a little bit. That just really wasn't the case last night. A lot of checkdowns. But, I mean, overall, it, it seems like people were really interested. You can only get so interested, though, when your team is kicking field goals and, and there's really a not a lot going on. So, I think that just speaks to the larger point about if the football is watchable and it's entertaining like it really was on Saturday, then, you know, all the other things that the XFL is doing right, those things are good. But that's what really has to matter. Is no one's expecting it to be the NFL, but it has to be – like Sunbelt football, right? It's got to be like something quirky and different that people like tuning into. All right, so Ben, what was the best part about it and what was the worst part about it in your mind? You know, this is always what happens to me, man. The worst part was the game I had to sit through Sunday night. (laughs) That was probably the worst game. Because it's, you know, if you look at the AAF last year, those games were really some of them were really rough through like the first four or five weeks but they also lasted like only two and a half hours it was pretty it was like ripping a band-aid off if if it wasn't good at least you knew it was going to be over in like a, a sort of short amount of time these uh xfl games are much closer to the time frame of an nfl game maybe a little bit shorter um but when you consider the the clock stopping inside of two minutes after every play. That's one of those rules where I, you know, they, I know they do it to try to make sure the team who's behind has a, a better opportunity to come back and make it a game. I, I get why they're doing that. It really slows down the game a lot, even though for 56 out of the 60 minutes, it, it actually cruises pretty well. But those final two minutes are a real grind. I don't know that of all the rule changes, I don't know that that's my favorite. However, that being said, every, everything else, they really gear towards offense. They gear towards big plays. We haven't seen overtime yet. We haven't seen really the double forward pass yet. I think those are things as the season progresses are, are going to be really fun to watch. But 
Uh, you know, just the fact that they do the, the extra points a little bit differently. You can get one, two, or three. Uh, the new kickoff rules, I think, were, were really successful, even though there wasn't a big play. That was very well received. Um, instant replay transparency was very well received. And, yeah, I like to say, if you, if you have a good mobile quarterback in there, like P.J. Walker or Cardell Jones or Jordan Tiano, uh, those, those XFL offenses can be pretty fun. Talking to Ben Kirchival, CBS Sports, covering the XFL. Yeah, my biggest disappointments, we didn't see the double forward pass and we didn't get an overtime game. I eagerly await that shootout uh, format that the XFL has embraced. The in-game interview, Ben, was very interesting. Some good, some bad, and some very notable on social media. Listen to this one. I don't know. There's just a lot of chatter after play. We're trying to make some stuff happen, and they're doing a little extra pushing and shoving. We're trying to get our fucking job done. And there was the first F-bomb of the XFL season. There was the first ejection also we saw for a punch delivered. What can they fix that they need to? You can't fix the talent level. I thought the quarterback play was was mediocre at best uh, beyond P.J. Walker and maybe Cardale Jones. What can they fix in the immediate future? Uh, I don't know that you're going to fix anything after one week. I mean, if you're going to do in-game interviews, People are going to drop the f bomb. I mean, I mean, if people, if people were ever down on the sideline for even a football practice, I they would know that those words are flying around all the time, and it's emotional, and people push and shove all the time. So if you're going to do those in-game interviews all the time, you're you know you're going to have a couple of those. So I I, I don't know that that's something you necessarily need to to try to tweak or, or adapt or anything. You just, you just kind of have to roll with what that's going to be. Um, you just have to give this thing a few weeks to really gel. And it, it's going to be tough for some of the teams that don't have great quarterbacks. Um, you know, it's, there's not 32 great quarterbacks in the NFL. There's maybe not even 15 or 16. So, so to go to the XFL and say, all right, we got to find eight great quarterbacks, even if we're going to pay them more, that's going to be almost impossible to do. You're going to have, one, maybe two. Same thing with the AAF last year. You just have to ha- hope that the coaches are able to develop some of those guys in the meantime, squeeze the most out of them, get some good play calling in there. Uh, so, you know, after one week, I don't know that there's a whole lot you can say, yes, we need to absolutely change this. I think you just need to ride it out a little bit and, and see what it gets you and then maybe make some more whole- wholesale changes going into a year two. Ben, you mentioned the AAF. I'm curious, knowing that you cover the AAF as well, how do the two compare? Like, in what ways is the XFL better, if at all? I'll tell you what, I, you know, say for maybe the Sunday games, uh, I thought the product was a little bit ahead of where the AAF was last year. I think the football was a little bit better, a little bit more competitive, uh, and that was an encouraging sign. Now, I think they've also streamlined the game uh, outside of just the whole, you know, the fact that they're a little bit uh, longer games. I actually think they've streamlined the process a little bit more. Um, I think they've, they've found ways again to just with some of the rule tweaks, you just, you just make things a little bit more interesting. You found a way to make kickoffs a little bit more interesting. Uh, I think there's some really smart minds, smart football minds behind the XFL. And, and there were for the AAF too, but I think ultimately the way that, they were managed on the back end, coupled with the fact that, you know, the quarterbacks were not 
super well compensated, and so you didn't have a great quarterback selection. Um, you know, I think the XFL has put its chips all in on some more of the things that really matter uh, when it comes to having a, a spring football league. We'll see how long that that gets them, but I, I think they've they've invested in the right areas. It's just whether that that pans out for them. So I guess the question in my mind, Ben, and Dave and I were talking about it earlier. I don't know if you have this answer or not, but what do they need? Like, what do they need ratings-wise and attendance-wise to break even and say this this venture is successful or at least worth continuing? Yeah, that, that's a good question. So Saturday's game got three point three million, and for reference, the AAS first uh, Saturday got two point nine uh, a year ago. So. A little bit past that now, what you're obviously going to expect is that those ratings are going to taper off. I mean, they're, they're going to. ESPN, Fox, the XFL, they're all prepared for that. Every startup league ever has had that same issue. So you have to be able to mitigate what that drop-off is. Now, I don't know what the specific number would be for them, but obviously they feel like they need to have some sort of maintenance level where they feel good about having a year or two. And for the record, I, I think barring an unmitigated disaster, they will get a year or two. That will be more of the really clutch time to figure out if, if they can have this thing become viable. I wouldn't worry too much about attendance. Um, that's probably not in their highest priority. They know kind of where they stand with that. But keep in mind, too, I mean, they have a partnership with FanDuel for fantasy football. Um, I mean, you've got to be able to, to make some money in other areas as well like that. Um, and then again, two, maybe three years down the road, if you've been able to maintain some of that viewership, you're not going to get 3.3 every weekend. But if you can maintain some of that pretty consistently, I think that gives you not necessarily leverage, but that gives you an opportunity to sort of rework those contracts and, and have something go beyond just the first couple of years. Feels like the over-under for the league existence is about two and a half years. Talking to Ben Kirchhoff, mm -hmm. CBS Sports, covered the XFL's opening weekend. They got a lot of familiar names as far as the coaching standpoint goes. Bob Stoops, Kevin Gilbride, Pep Hamilton, Jim Zorn among them. And they were mic'd up, which was interesting from a play-calling strategy. I wonder how they'll like it next week when teams know uh, what their play calls are. But here's the personality of Jim Zorn and what was one of the real misses, I thought, over the weekend. Listen. Trips right, 21 ace dancer. Trips right, 21 ace dancer. You run the auction route. Indeed they do, but he fumbles the football. Fumbles the ball, and Qualls was there for DC. You gotta be kidding me! Oh my gosh! My fault. Turn it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, so it was a devastating fumble right near the goal line, and there's Jim Zorn with "Oh my gosh!" Credible names really boring personalities coaching. Do you think they made a mistake in not coveting? And maybe there are none. Maybe there are no John Gruden type coaches out there. Yeah. I mean, your pool of coaches is, I don't want to say limited, but it's, it's different. Um, you know, Oliver left talking through this process a couple of weeks ago. I mean, they had coaches that they identified, but when you do a startup league, you know who your head coaches are going to be? The guys who, 
either are like Bob Stoops or, or Jim Zorn or Mark Trestman, who are probably more in the twilight of their careers, who are just looking to coach some ball in the spring and then, you know, kind of be done for half the year. And, and that's, that works for them. And if it doesn't work out, it's no sweat off their back. Um, you're either going to get guys like that or you're either going to get a Pep Hamilton or a Jonathan Hayes who, who will be fine no matter what, but are maybe looking for their first head coaching opportunity. And, and this is a chance to, to put something else on the resume. So as far as the you know, huge personalities or whatever, it's, it's not that they're not out there. It's that they have to you know, work with really what they have. And, and the pool is, again, it's not limited, but it's just there's only so many people that you can really go out and hire. And, you know, look, not everyone's going to have a, a huge personality. It's just kind of what it is. But I think if this, again, if this thing succeeds and goes past, it goes past a couple of years, then you're going to have an opportunity to open it up and, and really get some different minds in there, not just personalities. I mean, they, they looked at Joe Brady a year ago before anybody knew who Joe Brady was, but it's not, it wasn't smart for Joe Brady to go take a chance on the XFL when he was on this trajectory. So it's, uh, you know, if you're, you're going to have some sideline interviews with a drop the F-bomb and you're going to have some coaches who don't give you anything personality-wise. It's, you know, they're not, they're not going to be perfect for everybody. What about, Ben, uh, trying to get some more star power from the players, whether it is the Johnny Manziel or Tebow's of the world or even dipping into the college ranks? Uh, yeah, you don't want Johnny Manziel. You don't. Uh, there, you don't. Um, there are a lot of reasons for that. Why not? But do you? I mean, you followed his career, right? I mean, that's I, absolutely. Let me tell you, I, well, he went to he went to the AAF, and there was a reason he got passed around before he landed on Memphis. I'm just saying that. So, but as far as as far as other star power goes, I will say this because they pay the quarterbacks more than the AAF. Uh, I think they have an opportunity to get some guys with higher ceilings who maybe aren't getting the, the starting jobs in, in the NFL. But again, there's, there's not like, there's not 32 great quarterbacks out there. So it's just the, the pool is, is very small. It's, it's not as big as everyone maybe thinks that it is. Um, and then, so if, if quarterbacks are getting a higher chunk of the salary, that means it's less for everyone else. Well, no one out there who's a big name, is going to is going to take that pay cut. I mean, even Antonio Brown, you know, before everything that happened with him, I mean, they talked about him being a possibility for the XFL. Well, he he could go just so that he's playing football, but he's not getting really paid a whole lot. And then on top of that, he's it's not like he's got anything he has to prove. I mean, he's obviously the best wide receiver in the NFL. You don't have to go and prove that. The reality is, for whether it's the XFL or the AAF, these guys are here for a reason. There's a reason they're not in the NFL, and you have to be able to, uh, you know, temper those expectations and, and go with that product because it's not going to be as good. And there's a very short of having just un, unlimited cap space in, in contracts, which is hard when it's being financed by one person, even if that person is a billionaire. It's very hard to just go out there and throw money at whoever you want and hope that they come and, and play. Yeah, talking to Ben Kirchival, CBS Sports, covered the XFL. Antonio Brown was the guy I was thinking immediately that if I'm Vince McMahon, 
I encourage somebody to just write a blank check because although I think the guy needs to be behind bars and clearly needs mental health help, look, if he's not arrested, I'd probably turn on the TV and watch no matter where he was. But the base salary is a thousand bucks a week right now. Victory bonus. Yeah. Two grand. So there ain't <laughs> he's, no way. He's throwing, he's throwing yeah. that away every day. <laughs> you know, right. yeah, so he's, you're probably he's not going to get that away. type of star power. So how do you no, get yeah. bigger names? Good question, and I don't know that I have an answer for that. I mean, you, you work within the the limitations that you have. Um, again, I think I think the biggest priority for this league right now is, is you just try to field the best football that you possibly can, and if you do well enough for two, three years, that you're you know you're given basically another media rights contract extension, and you're able to keep this thing going for a little bit more. I think that's when you start looking at this as, again, it's not competition for the NFL, but you look at it as a, as a viable standalone operation. And, you know, as far as maybe getting some of the big college names, like everyone talks about Trevor Lawrence, right? Would he just eschew a, another year and, and maybe try to go to the XFL early or something like that? Again, even the yeah. highest paid quarterbacks are making barely above like league minimum, or maybe it's not even league minimum, but it's close to league minimum. Uh, Trevor Lawrence for a year would be better suited sitting out and still being a first round draft pick from a business standpoint than going to the XFL. So if you're talking about big college names, you would have to have a guy who is clearly an amazing college player, but will not project to the NFL to make that type of jump. And I don't know how many of those great college football players are willing to not bet on themselves like that. So, Ben, I want to talk – my last question for you, I want to talk more kind of big picture, right? I'm watching the league. I enjoy it. I think it's very beneficial for the NFL, very, to have a place to have officials train and develop here, players train and develop. We saw a lot of AAF guys end up going to NFL training camps, making NFL teams and practice squads, plus the ingenuity with the different rules and being able to test out different rules. Like, it goes back to my question, I feel like, of what this league needs to survive or be sustainable. Because I almost mm. feel like whatever that whatever that is, the NFL should give it a little bit of a boost and maybe even financial support, I don't know, to help it get to that point where it really is viable because I think that investment would be worth it to the NFL long-term. And I'm wondering if you think that's a realistic possibility and or the goal. I, I wouldn't say it's the goal for the XFL. I mean, that was certainly one of the goals for the AAF was they wanted to tether themselves uh, at the hip of the NFL, work with their players union, basically become their de facto development league. And, and like you mentioned, I mean, there were maybe not a lot of big names, but there were certainly some names from the AAF who went on to not only make an NFL roster, but in a couple of instances start. Uh, I know that the Denver Broncos took a, a couple of AAF guys and had them along their offensive line by the end of the year. So I, I think it was evidence that those types of products can work. Um, as far as what relationship the NFL and the XFL would have, I don't know that that exists because, again, I think the XFL is, is trying to be its own thing. And the, the other part of it is 
the shield is very concerned about itself, meaning I don't know that the NFL is, is looking to something like the XFL and saying, you know what, as much sense as it makes, like we need to adopt the, the transparency of the instant replay or we need to adopt these new kickoff rules because it's, it's safer for players. I don't know that they're looking at that as much as they should be and saying we, we need to have a little bit of, of self-reflection here and trying to make our own product better and maybe like working across the aisle and trying to, to work with another league to make the, the, the product and the game a little bit better. Um, I, don't, I just don't know that that's how the NFL is operating in all of this. Now, would the XFL be open to it if they were? I, I certainly would think so if, if the NFL and, and Roger Goodell came calling. I just don't know that that's been in the business plan for anybody. Um, as far as I know, none of those talks have existed, and uh, I would probably be surprised if at some point they do. I'd be shocked if the NFL has any interest in any cooperation with the XFL, at least for this season, until they see them become an established league. Good to talk with you, Ben Kirchival, yep. CBS Sports. Check out his work on Twitter as well. Good to have you, man. All right. Thank you, guys. Take care. Hi, everyone. This is Dave Briggs. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. exclusively on the Radio.com app or at Radio.com slash home. Home and Home. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.